And I think that from, you know, that mental health perspective, we want to get our hat in the arena too, um, where if, if we're going to be looking at, you know, future policies that maybe should be implemented in schools or finding, you know, which where the evidence sort of points towards policies that uh, have better outcomes for kids. We want to know not just, you know, what is preventing reactions, which is obviously very, very important, but also how are these policies impacting them on that that more personal mental health well-being level. Welcome to Food Allergy and Your Kiddo with Dr. Alice Hoyt, the podcast about demystifying food allergies, diminishing allergy anxiety, and taking back control. Let's navigate this challenge together with evidence-based information, scientific research, and tried and proven practices. And now, here's your host, board-certified allergist and immunologist specializing in food allergy, Dr. Alice Hoyt. Hello and welcome to the Food Allergy and Your Kiddo podcast. I am your host, Dr. Alice Hoyt, and I am over the moon excited to have on our podcast today, the amazing Ashley LaHood, who is getting her PhD at Kent State, and she is here to tell us about her amazing study. Ashley, I'm just going to let you take it away for a minute. What are you studying at Kent State? I am working on a study right now that has to do with how school policies uh, are basically impacting child anxiety and social functioning um, in these kids with food allergy. Uh, So, yeah, I think a big part of it is that kids are at school for such a long part of the day. And um, I think we ask a lot about, you know, how are you handling things at home? How do things get done? Like, is the allergen at home? Um, what do you do when they go to a friend's house? What do you do when they go to a, a relative's house? And unless is actually asked, I think about, you know, what happens at school and there are these structures at school that are sort of built in that maybe the parent doesn't have as much control over. And how is that impacting kids? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so interesting. So the, the title of the study is school policy for parents with a child who has food allergy. And you're specifically doing that, a survey. It's a web-based survey um, that I'm going to put a link to on foodallergyandyourkiddo.com. So if you're listening to this and you have a kiddo who's school-aged, you need to go take the survey. And we're going to talk all about it today um, here with the with the researcher, Ashley, um, who, again, she's getting her PhD in this. And, you know, let me take a step back. What, what prompted you to study this particular area? So I'm in a PhD program for clinical psychology, like you sort of mentioned. And I feel like with that, it sort of merged all of these different interests that I have had, um, for a while now. So it's sort of the, child aspects. I work in a pediatric lab and I get to work with kids, which is just um, a huge joy. Uh, And then the mental health aspect, um, which I've always just been interested in sort of behavior um, and why sort of people do the things that they do and how, you know, the environment things impact the way that we sort of behave and feel and what we can do to to change that um, in individuals who are maybe not feeling or behaving the way that they want to be. And then the like final sort of aspect that really came in here was, um, an interest in chronic illness. So, uh, prior to this, I worked in a research lab that actually was working. Um, it was more basic science, but we worked with mice, but it was, um, looking at cancer and how cancer was impacting 
you know, kids going through chemo and all of that. So uh, bringing in that sort of aspect of like how chronic illness is then also impacting mental health in kids um, mm-hmm. very sort of led me to this field of getting to study um, food allergy. Uh, so it has, you know, brings in all of those, those similar components. It really does. It really brings in all those things. And we just finished a series on parenting a child with food allergy. And we talked about things like anxiety that play just such a big role in, in the disease that is food allergy and that the, the diagnosis of food allergy, it's very important to make the correct diagnosis. That's really like my area of expertise and to manage it as, um, as effectively, as comprehensively as possible. And really that comprehensive management of food allergy really has to include the management of the mental health aspects of the diagnosis. And that's one reason I am so excited in the work that you and your mentor are doing. Um, and full disclosure, I was in, involved in helping you guys some from a, an allergist point of view of, of the survey. Um, and I was just over the moon to, to participate in it because I think it's so important for us to better understand how school policies relate to related to food allergy, how they really do impact child behavior and how they impact families. Um, My nonprofit does a lot of work with schools regarding food allergy. And what we learn time after time in working with different schools is that schools want to make good policies to protect children from accidental ingestions, but there's not a lot of really good data on how exactly to do that. And sometimes policies are made reactively instead of proactively and reactively in a way that's not necessarily supported by what evidence there is, um, even though that is limited, as I said. Um, and, and so in, in looking at the questionnaire, because I have it pulled up, you know, you guys go through, it's a really, really great survey. You're really asking really interesting questions. And like I said, for our listeners, definitely go to foodallergyandyourkiddo.com where you'll be able to, to take the survey, but you're asking questions like, is your child currently prescribed an epinephrine auto injector? You know, is it expired? These types of questions, but then you're also asking these quality of life questions. So Ashley, why was it important to you to really hone in here on, on the quality of life component of this? Yeah. So I think, um, a big part of sort of where I've seen the research prior, um, in a lot of this has been sort of what policies have led to, um, different outcomes in terms of like, do you have an anaphylactic reaction? How's food allergy knowledge impacting like these anxiety quality of life portions, but no one's really been asking that I've seen how, these policies are impacting kids quality of life. And they're, like I said earlier, they're there for such a long portion of the day um, that, you know, their social functioning, their health and well-being, like the policies that are in place are going to be impacting all of these things. And I think that from, you know, that mental health perspective, we want to get our hat in the arena too, um, where if, if we're going to be looking at, you know, future policies that maybe should be implemented 
in schools are finding, you know, which where the evidence sort of points towards policies that uh, have better outcomes for kids. We want to know not just, you know, what is preventing reactions, which is obviously very, very important, but also how are these policies impacting them on that that more personal mental health well-being level? That, that is just so important. And when you were designing the survey, you have some original questions, but you also have questions that come from other um, validated questionnaire tools. And so what I'm talking about for our listeners are she's incorporated questions that these that are validated, meaning that they have already been studied to be very um, basically very good at asking the question and getting an accurate and accurately answer, asking the question and accurately answering it. And she's incorporated a few different um, questionnaires or scales into this one survey. And one of them is the child anxiety scale. And what, what sort of led you to incorporate this particular scale into the questionnaire or into the, your survey? So with this one, um, you know, as with most of them that we put in there, we're looking for scales that are validated, are, you know, have been shown to be efficacious to, to really show us what we're trying to ask about with, um, with terms in terms of, you know, whatever structure we're asking. So this one is anxiety. Um, it also, you know, a lot of them are very particular to certain age ranges, which makes sense. Um, this one is validated for the, the age range that we're interested in. And we're interested in the broad, you know, elementary age um, kiddos, because those are the ones who happen to, you know, rely the most on food allergy policies at school. Uh, so, so we wanted to make sure that we had a survey that, or like a measure that included all of those kids uh, and not just a little small subset. Absolutely. And you also include questions about bullying. Um how did you decide sort of what questions to ask about bullying? And I know leading up to this, to developing the questionnaire, it was obvious. Um, it was obvious to me, and I've told you this before, it was very obvious to me as a food allergist that you had really been doing your research on food allergy and children. And I saw that in the types of questions you were asking and in the language you were using in asking your questions. And so when you were developing the bullying questions, tell me a little bit, like share some of your insight about what you were thinking when you were asking these questions. Yeah. So this one in particular came from uh, some prior literature. Um, so a lot of that was they had actually very specifically asked sort of the similar question to what we're asking, which was how are policies at school impacting experiences of bullying? Uh, and they sort of, this study that they had gone through was looking at, you know, whether policies that are maybe more, um, more that like people and other students could be aware of stuff that is um, like carrying an epinephrine injector, sitting at a separate table, stuff that kind of brings attention to the condition how that was impacting bullying um, versus things that are like, you know, having a lunch menu that includes allergen information or having staff that's trained in how to use an, an EpiPen. Um, so, so that measure in particular came from that other study that is sort of looking at very similar to what we're looking at, how policies are impacting that experience. That sounds great. I'm, I'm excited to to see your findings once, um, 
once people start taking, I know the study just opened, um, and tell me sort of in your research leading up to writing the, the survey, doing the research that you did, what sort of, what sort of surprised you about what you found in the literature or, um, in discussions with folks in, in planning for this and in creating your survey? Yeah, I think one of the most surprising things that sort of came from from my research into the background on all of this is just how heterogeneous these policies really are in schools. Um, you know, there are voluntary guidelines put out by the CDC, um, National Association for Nursing, but they, you know, they really run the gambit. And something interesting too that sort of came up was what some of the barriers were to implementing some of those policies. So they were mentioning like uh, socioeconomic status, for example, is one in which you know, those schools uh, in lower SES uh, sort of areas tend to have policies that are sort of more um, overarching where they'll say like, don't bring X into school and school will not serve X allergen um, versus having some of those more nuanced policies of like, we have stock up nephrine, we have a nurse on staff who, um, you know, can sort of administer it. We have training, which is um, arguably from some of the research I've seen, the more effective policy. Um, and then the other interesting point that uh, I've seen a couple of studies make is that um, it's frequently reported, reported that one of the barriers to policy practices um, is resistance among other parents or even among school staff. And I think that part just sort of speaks to an education level and a knowledge level amongst you know, community members at large. And we think like, you know, I think it's easy to say, oh, this person isn't, doesn't have anything to do with my kid and their food allergy. Um, so like, why would they know? Or like, they don't need to know. Um, but really the community at large is, is playing a big role in the safety of kids at school. Um, so, you know, having at least that base level of information and awareness uh, is really important. Absolutely. What are you once you have all of your data collected, um, what are some of your questions that you're you're really interested in answering here? Our main question, the one that I, I'm very interested in knowing is how are these policies impacting anxiety and social functioning levels and bullying experiences in kids with food allergy? Um, I think that that relationship is one that um, has sort of gotten a little ignored or maybe just not really thought about as much, but I do think that um, we're going to find that it does in fact play a role uh, in how kids are, you know, managing their day-to-day -day life with having a food allergy at school. Uh, and then some sort of secondary questions that we have with that are, how much do parents actually know about the policy that's happening at their kid's school? Um, so we're implementing the sort of second step to the study where, you know, parents are reporting to us what their po the policy is. Is that actually what the policy is at the school? Um, how much knowledge do they really have about it? Uh, and how well is the school sort of communicating that? This is so interesting. I, I, I love your survey. I love this study. Um, we're going to post the link so that anybody who has, any parent who has a school-aged child can Go to foodallergyinyourkiddo.com and click on the link and they'll be able to participate in this research. Um, is there 
Is there anything in particular that we need to share with our audience about the survey or what age groups and parents, and is there any incentive or anything like that? Yeah. So for this survey, it's parents of a kiddo who's five to 12 years old. So we're looking at that elementary age. Um, and for the survey, if once it's completed, um, we will be uh, selecting winners to um, <clears throat> receive a gift card of a $25 uh, gift card to Amazon. So there's a little incentive for participating as well. Um, though I know a huge number of, you know, whenever we get people interested in participating in our research. Um, they've all, they're, they're so gracious. Everyone is, a lot of them come forward and just like, oh yeah, that's not why, you know, I participate in the research. I just really think that we need to know more about this condition and, um, you know, receiving that kind of support from the community has really been so, so great and um, really bolstered us in our work to, to learn more about food allergy. And y'all have a great center there at Kent. What, what your mentor does is amazing stuff. And so I'm so excited to be a a part of it with you guys, because I think what you're doing is amazing. And I'm so excited to have had you been able to come on the podcast and um, just so proud of the work that you're doing. And so you're in your, you're finishing your second year now. So what, what sort of your timeline until your Dr. Ashley Lude? Yeah. So three more years that'll involve, you know, defending thesis and dissertation. Um, Which is this, right? This is a big part of it. My thesis. Yes. So obviously I'm very invested in it. It's it's very important and interesting work to me. Um, And I I really love working with this population. So so this is my thesis. Um, My dissertation will also be food allergy related. Uh, And then at the end of that five years, get the doctorate and then it's internship postdoc. I am just like so happy that here is a young woman who is dedicating her professional, the, the, really the foundation of your professional career, um, in your PhD program to answering these very important questions about how school policy is affecting kiddos who have food allergy and their well-being. I just think, um, I think it's a very noble thing as well. So I, I think you're amazing. I'm so happy to have had you on the podcast today. Is there anything left you want to share with this amazing audience? First, I just want to thank you for, for having me and also for the work and insight you gave into the the survey in general, um, was really invaluable. Uh, and I guess the, the only other parting that I have is that, you know, we are, we're out here as researchers, we're, we're interested in knowing the things that I think families are also interested in knowing. Um, so just want to encourage uh, any family who's interested to, you know, find the survey. Um, we do other research as well in this domain. Um, you can find us, you know, we have a website, Pediatric Anxiety and Allergy Research Clinic, um, and we also have social media presence under that name as well. Um, and we post all our studies there. So, uh, you know, if, if you're interested in continuing future research that, and, you know, seeing what, what other stuff we have going on, um, please feel free to find us. We are more than happy to chat with you all about what you're interested in knowing more about and also having y'all participate. I love it. And we'll, we'll put a link to everything, um, on food allergy and your Ashley, future Dr. Ashley LaHood, thank you so much. Thank you. 
that wraps this episode of Food Allergy and Your Kiddo, the podcast. Visit me on foodallergyandyourkiddo.com and let me know what you thought about this episode. And of course, I'm an allergist, but I'm not your allergist. So talk with your allergist about what you learned on the podcast and what questions you have about food allergy. Have a wonderful rest of your day. God bless you and God bless your family. Thank you.